HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello, this is Severin, and this is Greenhorns Radio. Today is Thursday, and it's 4 o'clock, so we have Greenhorns Radio by Young Farmers for Young Farmers. I'm Severin. I'm your host. Today on the phone, I'm, John, I'm joined by John Clark from Apple Creek Farm in Vermont. John, are you there? Yes, yes I am. Hi, how are you? Hi there. Good, good, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, today we're going to talk more about milk. We talked about milk a little bit last week. Uh, or the week before last, and we ran into some more questions than we had answers for. So I hope that, um, aside from telling us about your farm and operation, that you'll get into some of the um, the politics and the processes that are governing the production and purchasing of milk in this country. Let's start with who you are and, sorry, and where you're, you're farming and, and where you're coming from. I'm in uh, Hyde Park, Vermont. We have a diversified farm. We do uh, organic milk production as well as organic beef, uh, chicken, turkey, guinea fowl, ducks, um, uh, pasture. And are meal. you currently um, selling raw milk, or or are you not? Yes, we are selling raw milk. And tell me, if you would, why do you sell raw milk, and why do people buy it from you, and for how much? How much do they pay you for it? Um, people are currently paying $6 a, a gallon here at the farm. Um, we sell it because we think it's a, one of the best nutritional products that are out there for uh, many, many health reasons and, and, and uh, beneficial to, for human consumption. Um, we enjoy having a relationship with our neighbors and people in our community, and it gives us a good connection with them. Um, and and people love, I think, coming to a farm and actually getting to react with the farmer. So in Vermont, it's legal to sell raw milk, but in other states, it's not legal to sell raw milk. Do you mind explaining a little bit about how that happened to be that case? In Vermont, we're able to sell, uh, uh, due to a new law that just passed July 1st, we have a two-tier system. Uh, the The... In Tier 1, uh, it's for folks that would like to sell up to 50 quarts of milk per day. Uh, they're able to sell that uh, direct from the farm only and direct to the consumer, uh, not for resale. The Tier 2 is also direct to the consumer but includes the possibility of delivering milk and is up to 40 gallons a day, and that just started July 1st also. 
And those are limitations that have um, been imposed by what governance body? Who, who determines um, that limit? And, and do you know if it's more or less than in neighboring states? Uh, that varies state to state. Where uh, some states it's unlimited, and some states it's uh, there's no sale at all allowed. Um, I think we're somewhere in the middle, um, but I think it's been a lot of years before uh, legislation has been able to to look at this two tier system and 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 see that there's smaller farmers that are wanting to produce uh, food more at the local level. Um, and the, it basically went through our our, govern, our government legislation um, to determine the final bill. And uh, basically it's overseen by our Department of Agriculture. So now just for those who may be interested to move to Vermont tomorrow and start to raise um, organic raw milk, how many cows milk does it represent that limit? How many cows? Um, that would probably be uh, six, five or six cows, seven cows, depending on your production levels. So you'd have to really have to really put that into a diversified operation. Sounds like perfect amount of cows to get started with, though. If you're just wanting to. Yeah, I think it would make a very nice um, nice possibility for folks that uh, want to have a smaller scale farm and 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 it would probably be quite enjoyable. It seems like uh, raw milk dairy at that scale may be the only place you would want to get into dairy. I've been reading a little bit about um, the dairy industry on a few different sites that I wanted to mention to our listeners. Um, one of them is called the Milkweed, um, which is kind of an alternative dairy journal that um, has a little bit of a anti... Um, anti-processor stance, um, and the other one is on Cornucopia Institute, which is also talking about big dairy versus little dairy. Um, and both of those um, publications have been talking about how the price of farmland is falling down, the, the, the prices that farmers are getting is way below the cost of production, um, and that, you know, basically people are going belly up, and, and dairy farmers are, you know, among the toughest farmers out that they've been dealing with crises for the last 30, 40 years, but that um, it's a very hard time in the dairy world. So my question to you would be, is the raw milk dairy um, sector stronger than the conventional or organic sector? Uh, here in Vermont, we primarily have uh, organic and, and, and conventional farms, but it's definitely a growing interest and you're seeing more and more folks uh, getting one, two, three, four cows and starting up small dairies at the home scale. I think it's, it's uh, possibly a security thing too as, as the, the way the world's changing and having a more food security of having their own food at home and supplying the local community. So um, converts of this raw, uh, this raw milk um, worldview Talk a lot about enzymes and fats in the milk. And would you mind giving a little description of what is raw milk and, and why is everybody so crazy for it that they'll pay um, so much and go to such a lot of trouble to get the raw milk? 
Well, my personal belief about that, and I mean scientific also, is that uh, the enzymes in the milk are in full contact. They're not destroyed by the uh, pasteurization process. Um, Just for instance, one is is, um, uh, lactase is, for example, for one, um, is destroyed through pasteurization, which makes milk harder to digest. So therefore, there becomes people... Uh, that are lactose intolerant or allergic to milk that often can drink raw milk. Um, also, all your vitamins and minerals are in in their natural form and are more digestible, and especially alongside with those enzymes that help you digest them. So, for instance, in raw milk, you get about 50% more calcium than you do from pasteurized milk. Uh, the fat level is going to depend on what breed of cow you are raising and what they're being fed and what season it is. Um, And a whole raw milk is going to be higher fat than pasteurized milk. Uh, But the fats, uh, generally on small scale, people are pasturing their cows, feeding them a lot of grass, and you get uh, a whole other nutritional quality, higher omega-3s, conjugated linoleic acid, all these healthy fatty acids that are in full form, fully digestible, and it makes nearly a whole food for, for folks. So dairy makes the world go round. I, um, I fully believe it. We have a farm full of dairy heads here, and we, um, we drive quite a distance. Um, and then whenever anyone's coming by the farms that, going on the, that are south of us, they come and bring us the, the raw milk, but it's gone instantly, and everyone has got a smile on their face. So... Um, I'm also a firm believer in this stuff. Um, let's talk about um, antibiotics because I know that that's another thing people want to know a lot about is can organic farmers use antibiotics and um, and in what instances and then how does that um, antibiotic stay out of the milk? Um, on the organic side and on the, the raw milk side, uh, antibiotics are... Uh, for organic, for certified organic antibiotics are prohibited, except in the case of where it's the, that it's the only choice to save an animal, um, and that animal has to be removed from the herd, and the milk cannot an- enter the milk supply. Uh, in the raw milk, it is also you have to test if any antibiotics are used to prove that your milk is uh, safe. So when you're ready for that animal to re-enter the herd. It has to be tested for antibiotics, and that's a good safety factor due to the fact that a lot of folks are allergic to antibiotics. And anyway, um, I was speaking with the cheesemakers up in Vermont, and they were emphasizing to me as well the fact that if there's antibiotic residue in the milk, then you can't make cheese from it. So producers who are um, linked up with cheesemakers would anyway have to be careful about um, any residues in their milk, so um, that there's, you know, this kind of yeah, special I believe vigilance that, that, is, that's, uh, is totally normal. Uh, I believe that's true, and I think... Is that true? As long as folks are following the standards um, and testing their milk when, when an antibiotic has been used, um, I think was a good part of the regulation on the raw milk here in Vermont. So we're discussing um, raw milk in Vermont with our friend John Clark from Apple Cheek Farm, and I'm here on your hostess on this half hour of Greenhorn Radio, 
Uh, my name is Severin, and we're going to go to a quick little break um, for music, and then we'll return again and talk some more about raw milk. Thursdays at 4 p.m., and today I'm joined on the air by John Clark of Apple Cheek Farm in Vermont. Uh, John is here to talk with us about raw milk and its benefits, its um, converts, and the economic um, imperative to get on the raw, raw milk bandwagon if you aren't already on it. Um, it seems like the only safe place to be. John, are you there? I, I am on the line, yes. Great. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Um, Let's talk, if you, if you would, a little bit about your farm and what else you've got going on other than cows. Maybe you can start with your cows. Okay. We have a mixed herd um, really focused on uh, grass-fed genetic uh, or genetics that are for high forage consuming cows. So we uh, have shorthorns, milking devon, uh, New Zealand Frisian crosses, um, quite a few varieties of cows I'm experimenting with. And um, we, our primary thing on the farm is organic 
dairy. We uh, ship milk as well as sell to the local community directly. Um, secondly, we do grass-fed beef. Um, it generally Devon crosses. And we do pastured veal that's raised on the pasture with the cows. We also do um, a pastured poultry operation, which includes turkeys, broilers, egg layers, guinea fowl, and uh, ducks. And um, another aspect of our farm is an ag tourism business with some llamas and dwarf goats and things like that. And, John, would you mind describing um, what are the... What's the predominant land use around your farm? Is it other family farms, or is it forest, or what's going on um, in the in the in the hundreds of miles that are around you? We're we're in a heavily a uh, lot of forest around us, uh, lakes and ponds, and we're kind of in a mountainous area um, with field with um, farms kind of scattered without um, small towns. Uh, kind of your typical uh, New England small towns and um, farm and forest in between the towns. Um, and you have a beautiful landscape around you, and it seems like one of your the diversifications that you that you are engaged with is agritourism. Could you comment a little bit about how successful that's been for you um, as um, a part of your business, like? Are are people really willing to pay to come out and 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 check out your turkeys and and geese? Uh, sorry, and, and chickens. Uh, yeah, we have. Um, it's a growing part of our business. It's a newer part. Uh, we're just getting into motor coach tours, and we have family uh, tours as well as school field trips. Uh, one of the things I really like about it is it gives us a chance to educate people on sustainable farming and give them a direct access to a, a real working farm, not just a, a petting zoo or whatever, that they can actually come and see how a farm functions. And um, hopefully I gain some long-term customers out of the, the tourism side of it, too. And you're coming along um, into, a, into an established farm business um, that your dad and uh, your family set up. I wonder if there's parts of the business that are specifically yours um, that you got started, and and if and if there's somewhere that you're taking the farm next that that um, is kind of your inspiration. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Well, I'm really uh, interested in the local food movement. Um, my folks did uh, dairy and maple, and um, I've kind of added on the pastured poultry and. Uh, more of the direct retail sales, more farmers markets, and those types of things. Um, and so our our goal is to have um, primarily value added products and direct retail um, with uh, direct to the consumers with our products. And uh, that we really enjoy uh, marketing and working and meeting people out in the you know selling. So you're selling your local products at the farmers markets. And are you selling to grocery stores? Tell us about your marketing, please. Um, not a lot to, to grocery stores. We're just just starting this. Just this month, we started a CSA. Um, we've only had just a few people sign up, but it's only been open for about for um, selling shares the last couple last about week and a half or two weeks here. So that's a new exciting thing for us. Um, that's one method we sell. We do a couple uh, local. 
uh, farmers market, and we live in a kind of a tourist area of Vermont. We're near Stowe, so we sell not only to the local but to to uh, Vermont visitors. Um, we are in the process of building a farm store that will be a local vor store, which will include our own farm products as well as other uh, local farm products from the from the direct area. And our goal is to have a one-stop shop where people can get uh, their locally grown and milled flour, their local vegetables, uh, meat, milk, eggs, oil, uh, basically all the basic needs um, in one-stop shopping, but from the, all the local farms. So I was, um, my mother just came to visit my farm last weekend, and uh, we were talking about how difficult it was to get our products into the grocery stores, even around here where there's a, quite a few small independent grocery stores who, um, you know, should be selling local product, but that there's just a lot of complexity. Maybe you could um, ex- expand upon that. Um, like what, why why is it that we have such a trouble um, as as producers to get into the um, the grocery stores at a small scale? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't have I haven't uh, really tried to get into grocery stores. I have sold products in our local co-op um, on occasion. Um, and I do sell to a couple restaurants, but I've not really uh, done a lot in the wholesale. We're looking to to possibly increase a couple more restaurants, but um, I, I'm really excited about the direct retail, uh, both local and possibly regionally. Um, we're three and a half hours out of Boston, or um, you know, so we have some urban areas close to us that. I wouldn't mind traveling if I had a set customer base to retail my products. Well, so um, thank you so much for coming to the join us. Um, I have one last question for you, um, and then you can tag on any any other info that you want to about upcoming events or um, your website and stuff. But tell me, who are your farming heroes, and where do you look to for inspiration and um, kind of mentorship? for the operation that you are running there on the farm. Are you an, another one of these Salatin, Salatin um, uh, converts? Um, well, I definitely follow uh, Salatin stuff, and we have a, a similar operation here um, with everything rotated on pasture and chickens following the cows and um, you know things like that to help kind of keep a balanced system. Um, and I do like, enjoy his readings and was fortunate enough that he came to visit Vermont last year with um, the Rural Vermont organization, which I'm a board member of. And Rural Vermont was actually the, uh, wrote the original bill that was entered um, into the legislation, uh, legislature for, uh, for this bill. It was changed as uh, other interests came in, but the the original bill was written by uh, Rural Vermont, and I've really enjoyed working with them on uh, local food and food with dignity. Um, and uh, other, we, we're very fortunate here. We have a multitude of organizations that uh, work with farmers and get farmers together. Um, NOFA Vermont and the Grass Farmers at Vermont Grass Farmers Association and um, rural Vermont, all these organizations put on workshops and how to do on, on-farm butchering or raw milk production or pasture management. And so there's a really great network of farmers here 
and farm organizations that are all focused on sustainable farming. So, well, thank you so much for coming and speaking with us. And I want to remind our listeners that this is Greenhorns Radio. I'm your host, Severin, and that many, many events and activities relevant to young farmers, news and gossip, video ephemera, politics, um, and all sorts of other things are available every day at your fingertips on our blog, www.thegreenhorns.wordpress.com. Um, you can also listen to an archive of this show by going to heritageradionetwork.com. Um, a thank you once again to our sponsor, Hearst Ranch, wonderful grass-fed beef company um, who make this show possible and many others as well. We thank them, we thank you, um, and we are thankful to be the Young Farmers of America. Um, It is a sunny day, and I say thank you very much. Bye-bye. And thank you, and if people need information on our farm, it's www.applecheekfarm.com.